0: welcome to fruit snacks a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the christian worldview in a bite-sized format Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. Today we are back on topic looking at the question of how eternal punishment is fair, how it could possibly be fair uh, that people would be punished in hell for all of eternity. And part of the difficulty for this question comes from some basic math, honestly, it is this question that, well, listen, if even if people did horrible sins in their life, They only lived for so long, and they only committed a a finite amount of sin. So how is an infinite amount of punishment, uh, how does that fit the crime? Uh, And a lot of folks have concluded that, well, it doesn't. Therefore, this doctrine of hell either needs to be thrown out, or it needs to be seriously reconsidered or, or changed or morphed into something else. Now, on Monday's episode, we began with the question of is it possible, though, that we make hell out to be worse than it is? And we looked at some examples of good old fashioned hellfire and brimstone preaching, and we compared it to scripture and the parable of the rich man and Lazarus in uh, Luke chapter 16. And one of the questions that I left us with is that when we look at this, we really need to consider whether the rich man even though he was in torment even though he was in pain was he any different and based on his treatment of lazarus and based on the things that he says and his expectations of lazarus and of abraham it sure doesn't seem like it it sure still seems like he is the same arrogant entitled uh, conceited man that he was in life that eternal punishment didn't change him and he won't be any different The question I have for us then is sort of a follow-up to that as we look further into it is, if the rich man wasn't any different, then the next sort of logical question is, will anyone be any different in hell? I want us to go and look at some more scripture. We're going to go from Luke 16 to Revelation 16, and I want to read you a couple verses. Verses 9 through 11 say this they were scorched by the fierce heat and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. But then here's the important part. They did not repent and give him glory. And then further on in verse 11, people gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. Now hop over to Revelation 9 if you're following along, and we're going to look at verses 20 and 21, which says this, The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. So the idea here is that even in, in this earthly life, in this temporal realm, is God is pouring out his judgment on people. There are clear examples in Scripture that we see where people are, first, not only in terrible, terrible pain and discomfort and torture, but two, and this is the, the key, Scripture tells us they are acutely aware that it is God and it is his judgment for their sin that they are experiencing. They are experiencing the wrath of God. They know that it's judgment for sin, and they know who's responsible for it, and they know how it could stop. They could repent, and it would stop. But the Bible tells us that they did not repent. They refused to repent, even though they knew that that was the answer to stopping their pain. Now, I don't know how many of you are familiar with philosophy. It's a topic that I enjoyed when I was in school, but I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. But there is a philosopher by the name of John Stuart Mill, who is pretty well known, uh, at least if you've studied uh, existentialism. And he he said this uh, about god and about hell as an illustration of what we read in revelation 16 and 9 uh because part you know part of what we could be thinking is that's what the bible says but i mean that's going to be extreme stuff at the end of days no one no one thinks like that or talks like that well meet john Stuart mill (laughs) he wrote this whatever power such a being may have over me there is one thing which he shall not do he shall not compel me to worship him I will call no being good, who is not what I mean when I apply that epithet to my fellow creatures. And if such a being can sentence me to hell for not so calling him, to hell I will go. There was a a user on a a forum, an atheist forum that I was on uh, several years ago, and he wrote this. There is no reason to love such a God. He is merely to be obeyed and feared. But love such a God? Never. He is barbaric and undeserving of my praise. There is no relationship with him. He is a devil. And that is why I reject such a God. He is worse than the worst monster we have ever known or read about on earth. He's an evil thug. John Shelby Spong, who is an Episcopal bishop of all things, he, uh, he, he said this, A literal Bible presents me with far more problems than assets. It offers me a God I cannot respect, much less worship. A deity whose needs and prejudices are at least as large as my own. I meet in the literal understanding of Scripture a God who is simply not viable, and what the mind cannot believe, The heart can finally never adore moving on to our next example the author mark twain who wrote in a letter to his wife uh, at one point i am plenty safe enough in his hands i'm not in any danger from that kind of a deity the one i want to keep out of the reach of is the caricature of him which one finds in the bible we that one and i could never respect each other never get along together I have met his superior a hundred times. In fact, I amount to that myself. The lyrics from Frank Sinatra's My Way, part of, the, part of the lyrics read like this, and now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way for what is a man what has he got if not himself then he has not to say the things he truly feels and here's the part not the words of one who kneels the record shows i took the blows and i did it my way one last example from recent music if frank sinatra is a little too old of a reference for you uh billy eilish who's still very very popular She wrote a song a few years ago uh, with the wonderful title, All the Good Girls Go to Hell. And here's a couple lyrics from that song. My Lucifer is lonely. Standing there, killing time, can't commit to anything but a crime. Peter's on vacation, an open invitation. Animals, evidence, pearly gates look more like a picket fence. Once you get inside them, got friends but can't invite them. And there was a lyric analysis done on this song uh, in which someone wrote that Billy spins the idea of good and evil while playing with biblical imagery of judgment and eternal damnation and salvation. Traditionally, those that find salvation through Jesus Christ are rewarded with eternal life in heaven through Christianity. However, Billy praises the kind of people who don't and who end up in hell instead. From her perspective, while maybe not judged to be morally good, they are indeed the best kind of people now i just shared with you a ton of examples that hopefully help illustrate the point that information isn't really the problem here uh with the rich man and lazarus uh in that parable it wasn't that the rich man just was mistaken about uh what needed to happen as far as him uh going to the place where Lazarus was, he was not the kind of person that ultimately wanted to be there. Uh, He didn't change. He wasn't interested in changing, even though he was in torment. And we've seen example after example of people who look at the God of the Bible and say, just like those in Revelation, I don't want it. And they know exactly what they're rejecting, and they reject it nonetheless, Now, the question that I asked at the beginning is, will anyone be any different in hell? I think if we look at these people, for example, and we see the attitude that they have toward God and the message of the Bible and the proposition of salvation through Jesus Christ, it's not about them not knowing. It's not about information. That's not the issue. And if it's not about information right now, if they know what they're rejecting now, then why would we think? that they would change suddenly spontaneously just because they have happened to die that doesn't really follow as far as i'm concerned if this is who they are on earth why do we think that they will be any different in the life to come i don't think they will be and that's part of our answer uh, for the problem of hell but we're going to get into that on tomorrow's episode